Welcome back, everyone, to the latest and the greatest of the Blue Brother Sportscast. I am Caleb, and with me is Craig. This is Real Talk, Real Fans. We're bringing you Michigan football each and every week. And, uh, hey, Craig, <laughs> I got something here to tell you. Shoot. Your mom's so stupid that she was yelling into the mailbox. When we asked her what she was doing, she said she was sending a voicemail. (laughs) (laughs) I got to read another one here. I was just looking these up. Your mom is so ugly, even Bob the Builder said, we can't fix it. (laughs) Oh, but okay. All right. That, 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 those are a little harsh, but yesterday was mother's day. So, Um, On the lighter side of things, happy Mother's Day to all the mothers out there. Uh, Shout out to my mom and my wife, the two mothers in my life, as well as my mother-in-law. A little bit, I guess I'll say, uh, kind of just in the celebration of the holiday and everything, and just the one time a year special for recognizing moms and everything. Uh, just that, I guess I'll say something special about my mom and then Craig, uh, if you want to take the opportunity to my mom, it's always kind of a, kind of emotional time of year because my mom has actually been through so much. Uh, she went through breast cancer and actually she went through a big kind of health scare about a year and a half ago where she almost didn't make it through. And so, uh, my mom's, uh, a tough lady to go through all that but she has always uh been a great cook and she has had the i think she would call the bad habit maybe of always making too much food she's one of those moms she's one of those grandmas you know uh now that she's well she she goes by oma because she's got a german background but she's one of those where you know they always make too much food and tell you to eat too much yeah yeah so she's one of them (laughs) but that's always uh an awesome thing with her and her cooking and uh the shout out that I'll give to my wife, whether she listens to this episode or not, I'm not sure if she will, but um, she's always done such an awesome job. And I don't know if you know this, Craig. I, I, I can't remember if we've ever really talked about details with this too much, but for any of you who don't know, sorry, this is kind of going a sidetrack, but apparently something that has been very common over the past few years, well, several years is women going through anxiety problems with pregnancy and we had that happen with our first child which totally blindsided us because we thought we were going to be pretty prepared for kids and everything uh because my wife worked in daycare and uh she was a nanny for a little while so i mean you know being around a lot of kids you kind of feel like you get some preparedness for it but she uh, took a pretty rough hit with anxiety and some other postpartum sounds really bad and scary, but there are lots of different levels to it. But she she got hit with some of it where it just was really unexpected and she went through a lot. And ever since then, she's just had a lot of anxiety and things like that. And so being a mom has been more of a, um, man, I don't, I don't want to sound bad, but it's, some of the struggles have been more uh, difficult for her and everything with her anxiety uh, dealing with that. And she's, she's pulled through and she's been a trooper and she's always done a great job. And so she's, she's had to go through the parenting difficulties with more difficulties on top of that. So that just shows her toughness and her resilience. And so a shout out to Kristen, my wife, I love you. Really happy that you've been doing such a great job because I know that I wouldn't be able to do without her. 
What did you do on uh, Mother's Day? What did you... Uh, we didn't do too much. Um, we were going to have plans with my... Well, talking about my mom's health issues. We were going to have plans with my mom either Friday or Saturday, but then she wasn't yeah. feeling 100%. So oh, okay. she um, she passed on those plans. We're actually going to be going on vacation with them next week. So, I mean, we're going to be spending good quality time with them. Uh, we were going to be doing something Saturday night, too, with us on trying to go out to eat with the whole, like, us, us and the kids. But then Kristen wasn't feeling very great. Um, so that kind of fell through as well. But then on actual Mother's Day, we had that with Kristen's mom and dad. So uh, nothing nothing too crazy over the top. Uh, actually, since Kristen was not feeling well Saturday night, we ordered out from like one of the best uh, places in the area, if anybody knows of Lucky Steakhouse. Mm, okay. Really really great place there it's not really a chain but i think there's like four or five of them out there um on this side of the state so but they're really good anyway so we it was really good and we ordered out from there and it was really fortunate that we did and didn't try to go out to eat there got there and the wait for saturday night was like two hours wow so i walked in got my food and walked out and i felt pretty uh savvy for being like ah you have to wait for two hours and i just walk in and get what i want so <laughs> like like you're mr lucky like the owner or something <laughs> yeah well i was lucky to be able to walk right, in and yeah. get out right away with my food so uh but not to hug all the space and everything uh craig mother's day well i had a good mother's day um shout out to my mom uh we had a great time went to dinner or actually had a kind of a lunch dinner ish around three o'clock got to be with my brother and uh, his wife and kid and um, my whole family, my three boys and my wife, and got to see my mom and dad, and that was great. Uh, my mom, man, I tell you, you know how they have, like, uh, Facebook fights? Like, my mom's better than your mom? No, my mom's better. <laughs> <laughs> Everybody's, like, like, fighting over who has the best mom, but my mom has been through so much with us. I mean, yeah, like, you know, you're talking uh, three boys. You know, I have two brothers, and, man, we were... You know, coming from my dad, if not a lot of people know, my dad was is a retired chaplain. So, in fact, he was a minister growing up. So, and what happens with uh, PK kids is we get into a lot of trouble just to prove something. <laughs> so, my mom put up with a lot uh, with us carrying on and trying to, you know, get in trouble and things we shouldn't get into but you know she was a real trooper through all that but um one thing that was great is she made a heck of a, a lot of casseroles when i grew up i remember those oh yeah the casseroles were big man it could feed a whole family and so and for like two days so she was pretty known for that <laughs> so big shout out to mom love you um and then my wife obviously the best mom in the world because she puts up with me Puts up with me and my Michigan fanatic <laughs> way of life, I guess, and watching the games. And, and we have three boys, so she puts up with them. But my three boys are great. They're pretty. But, you know, in the beginning when my older son, when he was born, he was born in Chattanooga. But um, when he was born, he had, like, tremendous colic. He was very colicky oh, yeah. to a point where he, he um, I had to actually restrain him down. 
because his nervous system would shake him. You know, he couldn't just lay there. He'd shake him, his arms up, and then he'd start crying. So he'd cry all the time. He'd never stop. So we couldn't go out to eat. We couldn't even go to the grocery store because we'd have to rush in there and grab milk and leave right away because he'd start crying. Um, But, um, yeah, it was that first six months was probably the most non-sleep. We could not get sleep. (laughs) We didn't sleep at all, and we and someone goes, "Well, your next kid, what if they have the same thing?" And I go, "It can't get any worse than this. <laughs> it just can't." So you know, you try, you know, you try different things. You try different kinds of milk and you know soy, and you move on. And you know, it was just um, a thing where we had to swallow them very, very tight to get them to stop crying. But um, she was a real trooper during that time, and. And yeah, we both uh, went through a lot, but she did the most because she stayed at home. And you know, it was a good Mother's Day, and I have you know some great women in my life, and those two are the best. Yeah, yeah. Well, uh, that's uh, interesting to hear because actually our first one was colicky too, but uh, wasn't quite as rough as sore as you told. But I mean, it was very similar because with you talking about grocery store runs and not going out to eat that exact same thing exact same thing i mean we yeah yeah it was funny because we get our cart and we go and say okay we got to grab milk and we'd have it like planned out exactly where to go and then we get to like the cereal or something like that we go okay we have to go here and then all of a sudden you can hear them going (laughs) and i go uh honey we gotta go (laughs) and he can't stop either and he'll just wail and i go we gotta go so we're like one of those couples that are rushing their kid through the grocery store just to get in the line oh it was bad oh yeah oh yeah the timer's going off he's starting to cough <laughs> he's starting to cough get a little antsy oh yeah yep. yep yeah that was uh that was like our first one she she was a little bit colicky so it usually would uh be me running to the grocery store by myself and doing stuff like that and yeah we never went out to eat either it was it was a terror oh. yeah <laughs> yep. Yeah, bedhead, not, and you can see you didn't have any sleep, so you didn't really go out and want anybody to see you. So, yeah, well, well, I'm sure that we're really selling people on having kids who don't (laughs) have kids. They're they're great, everybody. No, it's you just never. Well, like you said, too, people were saying, Well, what about your next kid? I mean, that was where we were, too. I mean, um, you just never really know. Our second one's been a lot better. But yeah, because of my wife's anxiety and the difficult, and she had difficult pregnancies too. Yeah, nothing too serious. But we stopped at two, and we were like, "We're good, we're good." <laughs> yes. So, so, but yeah, happy Mother's Day to one yep. and all. Thank and, you, moms. Yes, and so we are forever in your debt, and we love you all. And I'm kind of not sure how to segue that into uh, into football. But a lot of great football moms out of there, uh, out there, and uh, we've got actually quite a. We've got actually a list of topics this time, like crazy that we've got a list of topics, and so we've got a few that we're going to touch on, and that we'll go ahead and uh, bring up here in a minute. Yeah, Michigan football time. Yeah. Okay, so on to the football talk. Um, a bit, uh, quite a bit going on, kind of right now. Uh, we are going to really 
kind of put the satellite camp conversation on hold, sort of, sort of. Uh, a little bit will be mentioned here uh, because of some things that have just started going on. But uh, for the most part, the that is um, not going to be a topic that's going to be continuous as it has been for so long, fortunately. But uh, several things going on uh, in the Big Ten. There are some things specifically with Michigan. We're going to start off with what is an interesting topic coming up. And I guess the more that we've looked into it, the more it kind of uh, makes sense on why there's this odd conversation going on in social media. But uh, Craig and I came across uh, stuff coming out. I think it was just today. I didn't see anything really about yesterday with it. But it's been actually uh, over the past like month or so, you'll see it trickle here or there. But apparently Rutgers has a beef with Michigan. How about that? Well, who doesn't? Yeah, I guess you're right. I mean, everybody's kind of uh, been on opposing sides here at one point or time. Man, it's like people scared to death of him, man. He hasn't done anything yet. <laughs> yeah, he hasn't done a whole lot. And then it's Rutgers. It's I, I don't I don't understand. Okay, I uh, when somebody comes out talking smack in a fight and you have never proven yourself really worthy in that fight, I don't really understand that unless it's in a rivalry. Right. Like, if it's rivalry, I mean, smack talk, whatever. You're going to do it. Go for it. It's a rivalry. Have fun with it. But when you're a school and a program, I don't really even know if Rutgers has a rivalry, but... When you're a school and a program and you have not had much of a relevance with your football program and you just start kind of – and, okay, it's – some of this is coming from the actual football program, uh, but then also some of it's coming from their fans. So kind of bear with us as we explain what's going on. But it's just like I don't understand why you just randomly pick somebody to start talking smack with. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I'm not understanding this at all either. I, it just seems like it came out of nowhere. Like, but then when you think about it, the underlying issues always. It, it seems you know what? It just seems like this always comes down to recruiting, doesn't it? They're yeah. Almost like you got the satellite camps banned. Satellite camps from uh, them going into uh, the SEC country, and why are they doing it? Because they're worried about recruiting. And, you know, Harbaugh's going to steal all their guys. And then you got Paramus, which is heavy into Michigan because Michigan just absolutely took over the state last year in recruiting. And we got all their guys, their best guys out of there in New Jersey. And now you got Rutgers having a fit about it. And it just seems to come down to recruiting, you know? I mean, isn't that what it seems like to you? <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, I don't understand. Well, yeah, some of these smaller schools are going to feel intimidated and everything with uh, some of the other programs coming in, but it's it's also going to help them along the way. But, I mean, I've been surprised with some of the things that Maryland has done and who they've picked up. Yeah. But I honestly don't see how Rutgers thinks that they really have any strong hold on any of the players in New Jersey and that area. Right. Because... 
No, uh, well, I mean, it's gonna be offensive or whatever. It's Rutgers. I mean, they they were a dumpster fire this year. They have um, things are looking up for them. Question mark, kind of, sort of, possibly, because they got Chris Ash from Ohio, and that's that's where one of the connections is. Ohio, I guess there may not have been. Uh, I I may have failed to copy some of the information, but there may not have been a lot of information directly from the football program and everything, uh, specifically speaking out against Michigan. But Michigan was going to be having a satellite camp, and Rutgers was going to. Rutgers was going to be a part of it, or they were asked to be a part of it, or they were asked to take part something. From my understanding, Rutgers ditched the idea of doing a camp with Michigan and decided to go with Ohio State instead, which obviously with Chris Ash being from Ohio State uh, staff, that's not too surprising. But there's just seem seems to be a lot of... Um, pushback from Rutgers with Michigan. I mean, even going back to last year when, uh, obviously, Michigan played Rutgers and they talked about how there was smack being talked in the uh, in the tunnel and everything, and then Harbaugh went for two in the game, and well, we, we yeah. talked about that, though, because he was basing that off of a, a scoring chart. Um, if anybody remembers that, there's a scoring chart when you're so far ahead. If you score two, or if you go for two, you go up by another possession in the game. So that's why yeah. he did that. But I'm sure that um, he didn't bother holding back with the issues that were going on with Rutgers. I, I just don't get it. I just don't understand Rutgers. I, I there, it's like the it guy. It's like Chris Partridge, obviously, is on the staff, you know, and he's a coach from Paramus. So, and I'm wondering if that has something to do with it. It seems like they're in the center of all this. And, you know, getting, uh, obviously, Parch is having a big say in getting uh, Jabril Peppers there at Michigan, you know. And that's probably another reason why is if you have somebody on your staff from New Jersey and from that particular high school that seems to pump out incredible players, maybe that's why they're, a little bit intimidated by what Jim Harbaugh is doing and the, them grabbing guys. Yeah. Well, I mean, like I said, if you're a team that has done something that has any real reputation, that if it's a rivalry, if you had some surprising ones, I would, I, I could kind of understand. It just, it's so. It's Rutgers, guys. Come on. It's Rutgers. You guys are Rutgers. Just you, you gotta prove yourself before you 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 do the talk. You gotta walk the walk before you talk the talk. Hey, you might have the first football program, but you don't have the storied program. Yeah. I mean you guys had a really good run there back I don't I can't remember how many years, but right, you, right. you're the school that everyone is talking about getting out of the Big Ten and you're here talking smack like you're the front runner for the Big Ten title game. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean Maryland isn't doing a whole lot in football, but they've done more. I uh, can't remember the record offhand, but they're they're at least contributing in basketball. Right, yeah, and you know, and they're at least making it a difference. And the very fact is, I, I mean, what isn't Coach Ash? Wasn't he the defensive coordinator at Ohio State? Yeah, that's what he was doing at Ohio. Oh, well, you know, they have that bond with Ohio, and I'm guessing they're between 
Coach Ash and Urban Meyer because Coach Ash was a defensive coordinator there, and so now you got those that about that bond there, and it kind of just lends itself to that Michigan Ohio rivalry. But in this case, it's this rivalry has to do with this. Yeah, oh, it, something's going on, and Urban's kind of in a way I'd say I, I wouldn't put it past him to stick it to Michigan because of this, and you know that's just the way he works, but. Um, it's just really interesting to watch this, but yeah, your Rutgers, come on, give me a break. Yeah, and it's funny when this whole stuff is going on, too, that Michigan played Rutgers recently in the past week or something in baseball and softball and outscored them. I saw somebody put put it up that it was something like 40-some points or maybe even 50-some points to, like, single digits. Yeah, and like right. they they played, I think like a total of four games or something. They had a couple double headers or whatnot or, or something. But it's just like not not good at football, not good at basketball, not good at baseball, not good at softball. Does yeah. Rutgers bring anything to the table except for the new, supposedly the New York TV market? Yeah, come on, guys. And yeah, Michigan will be at Paramus. New Jersey around that in that area in June 8th. So, and I believe that's the same time as theirs, isn't it? <laughs> uh, I, I didn't see exactly, but so I, I believe it is. And so I'm like, all right, well, you can have yours. I think they're going to have theirs somewhere, somewhere else, but you know, but they, you know, obviously Ash had his own uh, camp going and you know, what's interesting is I'm want, I'm li- actually looking at the tri-state showcase, uh, poster they put out did you ever did you see it um maybe i'm not sure that one's football obviously holding this um uh camp satellite camp he's the more dominant one over urban meyer and matt rule so (laughs) yeah it's him like front and center but then urban meyer is like off to the right like in the background (laughs) like oh okay a little ego yeah, I'm sure that he's the main person that everybody wants to come and see. So yeah, exactly. Yeah. Well, I mean, our camp, Michigan. They don't don't worry, Michigan can't. We're gonna have Boston College. We're gonna have Maryland. We're gonna have Pittsburgh. We're gonna have Syracuse, and possibly Temple. Who Temple's actually gonna be with those guys? But I think Temple might be a little bit torn on us and obviously Rutgers and Ohio's camp. So we'll see. Yeah, I, I don't know. I, I don't understand it. Rutgers has a beef. I mean, I, I like I said, this was before Chris Ash was at Rutgers. I mean, there was some right. trash talking and dumb, menacing stuff going on, and it just kind of continues. So it's just like, okay, whatever. I mean, everybody's hating on Michigan anyway, so why is that anything new? But I, I just – it's – it's odd. It's unusual. It's just like, how about you guys play football and prove that you can play football before you act like you just came off of a winning season? Yeah, I mean, I, I think it, for Ash, it'd be probably smart smarter if he held, held his camp on another day. I, I don't understand the same day. Yeah. I, so, so, Which is a little odd to me. I didn't see that. I mean, like yeah. you're probably right, but yeah, that that wouldn't day. make sense. It's in another ge- geographical area, but it's in the same day, so I'm just like going, 
obviously it seems like he's doing it on purpose for some apparent reason, and that's why I'm kind of going, you know, it's not like it was just like, oh, didn't know that. It seems like they are sticking it to Michigan a little bit there. So, Well, well, well good for them. Well, you know, he's trying to secure his own turf, and good luck to the Rutgers, and, you know, you're Rutgers. That's what you are, so. Yeah. Yep, you, Yeah. You're you're Rutgers, and we labeled you as a dumpster fire before. So we'll see we'll see what team is the dumpster fire team of the Big Ten this next year. But you guys are currently the reigning champions. So yeah, but uh, but yeah, so that's a fun note for you guys to watch on. Pay attention. See uh, see if Rutgers does anything interesting and gives us any more uh, any more content in the future. So. But uh, we are, of course, a Michigan sports cast. We focus on covering Michigan topics, but we also then discuss things that revolve around the conference, and then we'll bring up different things that pertain to college football as well. But something that has resurfaced that we, as a sports cast, have not covered because it kind of went uh, it went down years before we started the sports cast, but has resurfaced. Uh, Penn State is back in the news again uh, with Paterno and uh, Sandusky. Yeah, yes, so, it's sad. Yeah, this is this is a mess. This is, and I am, and before we go into this. We have not been able to put as much time into um, researching this as some of the other people that you'll hear on the radio and things like that. So you'll probably get better information for those of you that have looked up the articles. Those are a uh, more pure of a well, I don't know if you would say pure with the different information out there, but more direct of a source, I guess you would say. But I this is one topic that I do want to. <laughs> make sure that we cover right now because I've actually put more research into this than some other things because there's just so much information with this and I don't want to botch anything, but I will straight up say that I'm not um, a pro at doing research this extensively on not specific for, uh, football topics. Yeah. I mean, it's it's a football topic but it's not a football topic. So right. anyways, uh, we'll, we'll get this conversation started here. Um, this is going to kind of be a little bit of an, I learned things doing the research today on stuff that is going on and was going on. So uh, sorry, Craig, I'm not going to like take over, but there will be a lot of kind of reading and because I want to okay. get information directly from sources. Yeah. But okay, and I will let you know at the beginning that this information is coming from USA Today, SB Nation, New York Times, Washington Post, Penn Live, CNN.com, and NBC, and maybe a few other places. So, this is where some of the information is coming on. So, for those of you, what is currently going on, and the reason why things are resurfacing again is that there is a lawsuit. Uh, pertaining to all the Sandusky stuff now between Penn State and an insurance company, Pennsylvania Manufacturer, Manufacturers Association Insurance, or PMA, if you ever see it labeled anywhere. And the university was uh, meant and forced to pay out $60 million to the Sandusky victims, and they're trying to get some, if not all of it, covered by the insurance company. 
So that's what is kind of currently going on. So to avoid paying that claim, the insurance company has brought forward testimony about incidents that occurred in 1976, 87, and 88 to try and prove that Penn State should have known Sandusky was a danger and they could have stopped him. Therefore, the insurance shouldn't cover anything because essentially the university allowed or had part in allowing these things to continue so that should fall on their responsibility not the responsibility of the of the insurance company so that's kind of what's going on now so that's why you're hearing about new things uh because there's further investigation going on because this insurance company is trying to discover if they are really responsible for, for paying out all this money or if it should be coming from the university so then that raises the question of okay are they really finding out accurate information or are they trying to come up with anything to save their butts from paying out $60 million? Oh, okay. So, I mean, and, and okay. And before we get too far with this, I guess, uh, this whole thing is just terrible, awful, awful, and a disaster. I mean, we're, we'll go out there and say that this is one, if not, well, yeah, this is probably the worst thing to ever happen with college football. And while there are a lot of things unknown, while there are very few facts that people know because there are contrary testimonies and things like that, and there are a lot of uncertainties, and Joe Paterno's no longer around uh, to defend himself and things like that, there wrong things happened. And it comes down to you know, child molestation and child safety and everything like that. And that's just straight up wrong. And it's just a disgusting thing. And to the way that I see it, it's just like it's, there was some knowledge there somewhere, somehow. Now, the question, a lot of the question that you can see, especially coming out now is, okay, how long did people know? What did people know? Um, Joe Paterno spoke with people who were above him and he didn't. So it's just like, there is some association in there and it's just, uh, what shocks me is that there are people, fans still out there defending this to, to the end. And yeah. I, I would just have it's a hard time. There. Yeah. On Twitter they were. Oh yeah. Yeah. I have a hard time. Okay. And I know that being in the situation would be different, but if there was a mission, if this happened, at a school that I root for, Michigan, or some other, there are other schools that I'm a fan of. Oh, sorry, um, I would have the most difficult time ever defending someone that I don't personally know. Because right. unless I personally know someone, and even if I personally know know someone, I mean, uh, like it, there's there's different levels of personal knowledge about other people, and mm-hmm. so it's just like you've. To be able to stand up and defend someone who's mixed up in something like this, I mean, you got to be really comfortable with that because, I mean, like I said, I I would have to really know that person and really understand the situation to be able to go on record and saying, this is wrong what they're doing, he's innocent, and anything like that. Now, now to come out, I, I would have the total comfortability to come out and say, this is a terrible situation. I hope they get the facts straight. I hope they figure it out. I, I can't believe that this happened, but if it 
whatever happens, I hope that the truth comes out, something like that, you know, that, that makes complete sense. You know, you want the truth to come out. You want the right people to pay for what was done and things like that. But some of the people that it just, it just shocks me when you have some of those people who, who never personally met some of these coaches and the people at the university defending it like they're defending it. I mean, there is a website framingpaterno.com. Uh, yeah. no, no shock there and everything, but it's just like, I, I don't understand how somebody could really defend somebody that they don't personally know. And they're still doing it. Even after this latest news, about, yeah. you know, it, you know, and we're talking about Sandusky talking about, I mean, he, you know, a lot of, if some of the fans don't know, he started the second mile foundation back in 77. I mean, and that's when he started it. And, and to assume that these uh, sexual molestation allegations, or not even allegations, he did it. Started in ninety what in the ninety ninety four is to, to be ridiculous. You know, you, we knew they were they were going to come out more later, and that's what makes me furious that some of the people that are defending this that you knew there were going to be more. How's a guy that's a serial you know, molester do this and started something back in 77 and yet only finding out that some of these cases started in 94, you knew there were before that. Yeah. You knew there were more going to come out. So it's not anything, you know, shocking to me. It's just like you said, I think the more shocking thing is defending that the very fact is paternal's paterno is squeaky clean in all this. He's not. Yeah, well, yeah, he is he is uh, entity, and this is kind of something else that I'm going to touch on. But it's just like yeah. he was such a huge part of the university. I mean, he was the icon of the university. Yeah, and so someone who holds a position like that, for them not to have the knowledge of something like this going on when uh, some assistant coaches came across information, other information was supposedly given to. Um, Maybe it was a director or somebody else affiliated with the university. If you are that big of an icon, an image, a person for a university like that, and this information doesn't come to you, then you are not doing your job correctly. Because you are supposed to know what's going on and supposed to be aware of issues that are big enough and big like this. I mean, the biggest issues ever. So... I mean, this is kind of like uh, there was a, the recent talk and everything, and this how, is how I feel about this, and uh, it it just irritates the crap out of me. But with everything with Louisville and the basketball team uh, that came out in the past year or whatnot, and the reason why they weren't in the NCAA tournament with uh, the parties or whatever that went on with strippers and things like that, that supposedly yeah. went on for uh, there there were more than one occasion and everything. It's like if you're the head basketball coach of a program like that and something like that goes down where anybody on the staff learns about it, which there was knowledge about it and certain people um, um, were targeted for that whole issue, you're you're failing at your job if you are not aware of those situations. That is your job. Your job is to know what is going on and to be aware of things for your players, for your staff. And plus the very fact is they were saying in the 90s, you know, that Paterno – didn't have any clue. He even said he didn't have a clue about this. And then, of course, this latest allegation of back in ninety, uh, what seventy one, that he covered it up. You know, and now it just looks bad on his part. It's like saying Bo Schembechler 
an icon of Michigan football, you know, was covering this up, how would Michigan fans feel? Would you defend them? I I would say no, I wouldn't. I would that would be like, you know, <laughs> that's where it's like, do you wipe the football program clean and start over again? How do you know? How do you do that? How do you start over and just say you start from ground zero? Yeah, well, going back to what you were just saying, like if it was like something that came up and they're like, Bo, who's no longer with us, these things came up and there's no way he can defend it. My argument would be, I hope they find the truth. I hope that justice is served and the right people are labeled for being the ones at fault for this situation. And I would not, like I said, having no personal relationship with Bo, I would not be comfortable defending an unknown person, a relatively an unknown person to me. Now, I, would I want the truth to be able to come out, and would I hope that 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 um, person's reputation was clean? Yes, that that would totally be what I hope for. But I'm not going to defend them with no knowledge whatsoever on my part. I mean, that's that just seems like foolishness to me to uh, defend someone that you right. don't know. I mean, as much as people get into this, and as much as people love. Uh, college football and their universities and everything if you don't know someone on a personal level and even if you know someone on a personal level there are lots of times where people people know new child abusers uh right. m- molesters rapists m- um murderers things like that people knew those people and they're just like i never knew i never you know i never thought that they were like that or anything i mean it can happen so even even when you know them on a personal level, things happen that you don't know. So uh, with, there's with all that information, but kind of covering with things that are going on, the reason why this is, again, surfacing again are the new uh, information that the insurance is investigating. 76, a child allegedly reported that uh, there was an incident and the report was said to have gone to Joe Paterno. Uh, mm-hmm. That he was molested by Sandusky uh, in '87. There was an assistant coach that s- supposedly witnessed an account, and in '88 there was another assistant who uh, had an- another witnessing of another account. And that '88 situation uh, allegedly went to the athletic director. These are these are the new accusations going against Paterno. This is the new stuff that is kind of causing this to go into an uproar. Yep. If you haven't really read the articles is because there was uh the stuff going around like the 2001 uh era and things like that and then back in 2011 of what Joe Paterno knew and reported and everything then this this goes way before that that people didn't have any information about. And so this is what's coming out now. And because uh, Joe Paterno claimed that he had never heard anything until uh, 2001 when yeah. uh, an assistant yeah. yeah, brought the information to him. And so right. that's when supposedly um, anything happened. And let me see here. The information that was found on these new uh, allegations that are coming out and the new information from the 70s and 80s is that there is no evidence that reports that these incidents were ever ever went further up in the chain of command at the Penn State University. And so with that information coming out where somebody was uh, said that they 
spoke or that the information got to Joe Paterno is causing some of these uh, issues. Mm-hmm. Yeah. This is one of the things that really, really gets gets me. And of course, this is not all of the information. This is uh, parts taken out and everything from the information that was found and everything. But um, the paternal family lawyer uh, doing investigations and things like that. Uh, this is a quote from some of the stuff they said. Through all of this review, there has never been any evidence of inappropriate conduct by Coach Paterno says uh, the family lawyer. To the contrary, the evidence clearly shows he shared information with his superiors as appropriate. That, right. uh, maybe be, being taken out of context, depending on where the article pulled it from, but that itself baffles me that they would say that just getting your information to your superiors is an appropriate means of action and then not seeing any action being taken past that. Right. is considered appropriate. Yeah. I mean, it's it's absolutely disgusting. And the very fact is the ones that you're now hearing about, the ones that are coming out in the 70s, they all, they all fall without, you know, they can't be tried in court because they fall outside the statute of, limita- statute of uh, limitations. They yeah. can't even be tried. And that's the sad part in this. And, you know, and the very fact is Sandusky and... And the very fact is Paterno did know. I mean, he did. He was told. And, well, it's just like the underlying thing throughout this whole thing that shocks me is that there are several instances where it's just like somebody told a superior and that was all that they needed to do. And so they are should be without blame because they did what was the smallest amount of effort that was needed on their part for it to be taken off their responsibility. If something I can't imagine what, how I would be if I had knowledge or information about this, because things like this kill me. Like, yeah, I mean, if, if there's anything with me where there's like guilt or anything, it it just utterly destroys me. And so, I mean, people who are saying that, uh, it, it was an appropriate means of action, and everything it's just like how okay then put your kid uh in the position of the one that was wronged and being like okay well they told somebody else so they did enough and nothing was done with it but that was the appropriate means of action i mean where was the justice served then where what was done correctly from this and uh, nothing was done correctly that is not enough how would you be oh, if if someone came like for those out there defending Paterno and, and this whole situation and everything? If someone came to you, or if you were made aware of, um, if you have kids, what your kids have gone through, or let's say you're uh, work in an organization or whatever, and you are made aware of some misconduct of uh, molestation with children. And all you do is you tell your superior and that is all you do and you see no action taken. You see that same person who has been doing that molestation come in and still have interaction with kids and nothing has been done and no justice has been served. No investigation has happened. And you're telling me that that you would feel okay with yourself with that? Yeah. You feel yeah. okay with that? I, I, I no. That just is it's dumb. Yeah. yeah it's, it, it's amazing that the supporters, I mean, I, you know, I get that the family supports them and behind them because they love them you know and that makes sense but you get a you know, the university i mean they uh, the, 
to say that, you know, Paterno knew this back in 2001, and like I said, the word deplorable. It really is. I don't understand how this is, they're still doing this. But, see, this is where you come back to the question now. We come back to the big question. I'm sure we're going to get to this is whether Penn State deserved the death penalty, you know, when it comes to college football. I mean, yeah. So, that, so. Go ahead. I don't know if I'm jumping the gun on that, but, you know, that's one of the things I was thinking about when you're talking and this whole thing was whether they deserved it. Even back when, when they were going through this, you know, I was thinking the same thing, and they were talking about that, whether Penn State deserves to get the death penalty and what it is, you know. And the last one to get it was SMU. So it's a mess. Yeah. Yeah, it's absolutely a disaster. It's I mean, the thing is, in Sandusky, they knew it, how how it went on for decades. It went on for a decade, and they did nothing. It's just, I just can't believe we there's still fans out there defending him. Yeah, well, yeah, that's that's the thing. Like it was, you can love the school, and you can love the pride of the school. I, in fact, I actually, Caleb, I actually like Penn State a lot. I like their school. I like how they play. I like their you know color. I like everything about them. You know everything. But that, yeah, <laughs> it's, you know, I just I'm like them saying, you know, just start over, just wipe, don't even wipe the record books, don't even, you know, just don't don't forget, but that, don't ever let something like that happen. But don't let you know paternal, paternal, don't treat him as such, you know, just keep him at bay and what he was, and he made he made some terrible decisions, playing yeah. some. Yeah, well, that's a th- like that's the thing too. Like, this is turning into a blame game now, and obviously, yeah. it makes it more difficult because Joe Paterno's not here with yeah. us anymore after his passing and everything. But it's just like uh, the free report came out, um, and that really slammed Paterno. And there were a couple other higher ups that I have listed here later that I'll mention. Um, but then the Paterno family commissioned their own report um, that was called the uh, Paterno Report. And that blame was going on about um, the other higher ups at the university and things like that. Um, the the other people that are really mainly targeted by this are the former Penn State athletic director Tim Curley, former Penn State uh, vice president Gary Schultz, the former Penn State president Graham Spainer, um, and they'll they're expected to stand trial for their roles in the whole Sandusky's uh, abuse trial and everything, but everyone's anticipating that a lot of the bl- blame will shift to Paterno because there is no real um, right. defense. I mean, there will be, but there's not as solid of a defense against uh, what can be said about Paterno because Paterno's not here and there'll be limited information. But it's it's a sad situation because you just really feel like there's not going to be justice served in this situation just with everything that's been going on. And and like we said, so much of this has been dragging out. I mean, we thought this was going on for 10 years and that maybe there were some isolated issues before, but now we're looking at back going back to the seventies and more issues with that. And there's something, where did I find it? There was something that I wanted to mention because it's, I don't know exactly how far it goes, but it's disgusting, sad, it's sad, just, and yeah, frustrating to hear this. But yeah. apparently, um, Sandusky is a 
appealing his conviction and he was a granted granted a hearing later this month because the hearing will provide the defense with an opportunity to prove claims that prosecutors lied, withheld evidence, and leaked secret grand jury information to help find additional victims um, to have charges dismissed against Sandusky or to be granted a new trial. So now, like, this this whole thing is a mess. And that's a dumb thing, and I'm not going to even go into it because I, I'll admit I don't know enough about it because the judicial system can be so jacked up or the court system can be so jacked up but this might uh open the opportunity for questions in this whole trial and it could work in the benefit of sandusky it looks like from what i'm reading here yeah yeah i mean it's it you're talking well he's basically boiling it down to his state it still isn't listening just aren't listening you know you got settlements uh going out to the uh to the ones that were abused uh by sandusky that were fine but then they rejected the claims by um if they went to paterno (laughs) yeah (laughs) so you're rejecting that but yet you 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 believe and you're getting uh, settlement claims for sandusky though but if they say yeah we told paterno we reject that (laughs) Yeah, like, well, what are you doing? Here, here's the thing that I don't understand either, and what I've heard people talk about um, on the radio and uh, Sports Center and different things like that. It's just like Penn State just should want this to go away. Just yeah, d- uh, bury it as fast as you can. Try to do justice where justice can be served. I mean, I know money does not make things go away, but you have a you have something you're told to pay. You're fighting an insurance company about it. More bad information is coming out for you guys. Just, they should have just looked at trying to eliminate this problem as quickly as possible. Not to, and like I said, not to say to let things be swept under the rug and everything, but it's just like, why are you fighting this battle? Why are you doing this? Because it's making the situation worse for the university. And it it just it, it really kind of baffles me because if they if they, if Penn State had just paid the money, some of this other information wouldn't come out. And like I said, I'm not I'm not condoning the fact that information may have gone gone missing or anything like that. It's past the statutes right. of limitation, so nobody yeah. can really be tried by it. But it's just like it kind of goes back to that whole idea of defending it. It's just like you're you're trying to defend something that is not worth defending. You just need to take it. You need to put out the fire. You need to handle it. You need to take responsibility or somebody needs new needs to step up and it's just like handle the situation. It, they're, they're causing, they're turning in a uh, uh, small fire into a forest fire and it's just wrecking havoc. Yeah, yeah it is. And, you know, the, the very fact is... Um, Sandusky was a smart, sick person. I mean, the very fact is, and what I mean smart was, the very fact is he knew when he targeted those kids that he knew that they came from troubled homes and he knew that they wouldn't speak, you know, and that's who he went after. And so now you're seeing them actually coming out and speaking. You know, I know the statutes are way past and they can't can't do anything about that, but the very fact is, 
you know, now they're probably at least bold enough to talk. And, you know, and the very fact is they have a voice. And now when you hear this, I feel so, it's like the victims are now being victimized again. You know, like you're not hearing us. You know, we told the coach about him and he didn't listen. And he, or the, we told the coaches and he didn't do anything about it. He didn't go to the proper authorities and do something and get rid of this guy. So, yeah, yeah well, there was one, uh, one of the cases, one of the earliest cases, I think it may have been the 76 case where the victim uh, was put on a phone call with people at the university uh, and they were labeled as Jim and Joe and they uh, talked to, I don't know if they convinced them in that phone call, but talked about convincing the victim to stop pursuing justice or, and everything in their case, like talking uh, to them about dropping the their cause and everything. And the victim was quoted as not having the, um, they, they were never labeled more than Jim and Joe, but he's, and so he said he has no idea who Jim was, but he's like, I've heard, uh, Joe Paterno's voice a million times. And he said, there's no doubt in my mind that that was who was on the phone. Right. And, um, so yeah, so it's just knowledge was there. I'm, we don't need to go in more detail about it really. I mean, it was just the mess. I mean, one thing to, to really think about, is just like, you're, you're saying that nobody knew, but, uh, there was information, there was the, an account in 98, an issue, uh, a situation that came up in 98 um, that supposedly some people knew about and some people didn't know about. And then Sandusky wound up retiring in 99. Right. That seems mm-hmm. kind of coincidental that something comes up and that there was some issue or that was supposedly brought up where some people at the university found out about it. And then he winds up retiring within the next year. Seems, I mean, errors kind of point logically that somebody could have been forced to retire so that they could wash their hands from it and kind of move away and send him on his way and everything. So, okay, so we actually just had a little bit of technical difficulty there, so we're kind of jumping back into this. But, I mean, it's kind of the end of it. I mean, for those of you, I mean, maybe if you're in, interested in the whole Penn State situation, I hope that maybe I shared some information with you that you didn't know. I mean, not too shocking. Craig and I are both uh, disgusted and completely opposed with this whole situation. Like, probably 95% of the world is out there. And we talked about some of those people who seem to be on the other side of things that are defending and kind of confusing. But... Um, yeah, like the main the main thing that uh, I wanted to learn and understand is why more information was coming out, what that new information was, and kind of what that meant. Um, so that is hopefully some new information for some of you out there, and that will actually kind of um, go into uh, some topics that we can bring up to discuss for our next episode. And so we'll mention that right now before we move on into closing this. Uh, Craig, where do you want to go with next week? Because this conversation kind of leads into, um, I, I'm kind of doubting that Penn State will really get the death penalty because this is after the fact. If this was all going on at the beginning, I think they would totally shut it down. But since this has been spread out over the years, I don't quite anticipate that's going to happen. But some information that's also come up during this time period is the talk of Notre Dame 
and them coming into the Big Ten. Um, right. At some point, you know, rumors, those hap- this seems to happen like every three years or something like that. Notre Dame is talking about coming to the Big Ten. But so that's a com- uh, conference topic that we can talk about next week. Or the other one that we were pretty interested in is that uh, I believe it was from Fox Sports. There was an early uh, ranking for next year, and somebody put Michigan at the number five spot. Which yep, was, that's uh, a good topic. Which was yep. pretty high. So do you do you have one? Because I, I want to pick one now because then I'm hoping that we'll get some um, interaction from the fans of uh, on Twitter, email, however you want to, voicemail. Always love it when uh, people can contact us at voicemail. But if we pick a topic now, maybe people can kind of jump on board and join the conversation ahead of time. Yeah, I mean, obviously, you know, I'm trying to think, you know, what would be the more fresh that we could talk that people are kind of diving into. Um, you know, you can always maybe bring up maybe part of the show, like, you know, maybe if we get some fan reaction on, you know, do you think Penn State should get the death penalty? You know, I, I and I agree with you. I don't think they will, but do you think they should? Um, and then maybe hear whatever other people's opinions are maybe on twitter you can get a hold of us and let us know maybe we'll get that out there a question and then what do you see you know maybe where do you see michigan should be ranked um you know do you think they should be top five top three whatever um do you think uh what is it sports illustrator had sports illustrator had them at number five do you think that's about right do you think it's too high too low but uh it's a good i think the next uh conversation probably should be you know where do you think michigan football because i know it's just around the corner should be ranked yeah and uh it's something to join in with that conversation that i'm really curious do people prefer it when you feel like the team is labeled more of an underdog going into the next season or do you prefer it when you feel like your team is getting the right recognition or maybe more recognition than they I guess kind of deserve like do you like being overrated or underrated how does that make you feel and where do you think Michigan could could fall because I, I don't want to get into it and kind of explain it too much because that'll give me start putting my thoughts on where I think Michigan is and what yeah. how I feel That's- about them being ranked that high so, uh, just your reaction, where, where do you think Michigan should be ranked? What's your reaction to where some people are ranking them? And do you prefer that your team um, be given the benefit of the doubt and ranked high, as high as possible? Or do you like it better when you your team has that feeling of being the underdog and not being given the credit that they deserve? Right. No, that's a great topic and great question to ask some of the fans and have them interact on what they think, so... Yeah. So show so stick stay tuned for that. That should be a good one. Yeah, that'll be a fun one next week. Um so that's the topic. Remember that. Think of it. Call us, text us, tweet us whenever you want and we'll save it and we will work with that in our next episode. And yeah, if you have any reactions to this week's episode and your thoughts on Penn State and our Rutgers, feel free to drop that in as well. And we'll include that bit uh, too. So,
Okay, well, another episode in the books. That's always been, uh, it's always great to be able to sit down and talk football, but this has not been the greatest conversations that we have to cover involving the Big Ten, but um, we look forward to hopefully some fan feedback for our episode next week. I'm actually going to be in Florida, so we're going to be trying that. Uh, we'll be trying that out from yeah. working from a new remote uh, location. The biggest question I have is how I'm going to get my mic down there because that's the most awkward piece of equipment that I'll have to take. But, yeah, so I'll be enjoying the uh, warm weather and having a good time, and we'll be talking about Michigan football while I'm down there. So, but to make sure that everyone knows how to contact us, you can tweet us, uh, find us on Twitter. We're at blue bros underscore Caleb or underscore Craig. You can find us out there. We're talking all the time. Feel free to join in conversations, send us questions, send us ideas, send us uh, topic topics for the show. Um, you can also email us at contact us at bluebrotherssportscast.com. We have the website up and running. If uh, you haven't heard that, and checked it out, bluebrotherssportscast.com. Episodes are also on SoundCloud, TuneIn, iTunes, and there's uh, Stitcher, all over the place. We're everywhere on the internet. You'll find us. And, yep. of course, the voicemail, my favorite. Always enjoy it when we get voicemails. I enjoy it so much just because you have a chance to have your voice, your opinion heard exactly how you want it to I, i'll read the tweets and everything but it's a lot more direct and you get the uh the idea across better when you leave a voicemail you can call us at 551-258-3276 that number is 551 blue bro so we always appreciate you guys listening in craig it was good yeah yeah, good show, and you know, um, lots uh, lots more to come. We have um, remember, you know, we got the satellite camps going on here really, really soon coming up, and probably a lot, uh, a lot of interaction with recruits and how the recruiting's going. You know, that's always seems to be uh, moving along on the Twitter, and who's, um, you know, I think we'll we'll be having some guests maybe soon, and things like that, other recruits and. It's good because we know football is just around the corner. Yeah, yeah, it's getting closer and closer. Yeah, uh, yeah. Our first interview episode has exploded, and it's still getting some more hits and everything with Jamark Woods. Uh, yeah, and we're hoping to get some more on here to uh, introduce you all to some of the players that would be coming to Michigan soon. So, yeah, good time. So uh we enjoy it and we hope uh hope you do as well and we thank you always for tuning in we hope you all have a great week weather's getting nicer if you're here with us in michigan enjoy it start enjoying the uh, spring as it's going to be turning into summer and uh as always we'll finish things off with go blue all right go blue